You're listening to Combat Zone 360, where we discuss everything military. Today with us, we have Joey Mac Dizon. He served six years in the United States Marine Corps as a rifleman. His deployments consist of Norway, Mongolia, and Iraq in 2008 and 2009. He is the co-founder and CEO of the Mobile Cigar Lounge and Bella Woods Cigar, located in New Jersey. This company is a 100% veteran-owned and operated business. Joey Mack, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Jay, for having me. Really appreciate it, my man. Anytime, anytime. So you and I have done many things together, and you are a very interesting and busy individual. You have your hand in everything out there that deals with the veteran community. But before we get into that, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. No, well, thank you so much, Jay, for this platform to share our story as well. Um, hello, everybody. Joey Mack, a.k.a. The Smoking Panda, uh, located here in New Jersey. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Mobile Cigar Lounge and Bellawood Cigars. I'm also the military and veteran program coordinator for Hope for the Warriors. It's a nationally recognized veteran nonprofit that helps veterans serve, uh, helps veterans transition from military to civilian life. Um, so those those from a full time uh, MVP, as we say, and helping veterans to going on the weekends and enjoying those nice cigars with weddings at weddings and private parties, and at the same time doing some service projects as well with organizations like the Mission Continues. Uh, bunker labs so you know we just like to kind of give back and also be be there in the community as well yes so you ended up transitioning from the marine corps to the civilian sector and opening up your own business could you tell us a little bit about your marine corps career yeah absolutely um all started three days after i graduated high school um, I went on a plane and went to beautiful South Carolina and a little place called Paris Island, uh, where Marines are made, as they say. Uh, so I spent 13 weeks there, came back home for a little bit, and then went to infantry school over in North Carolina and Camp Geiger. And then I checked into my unit in 2006 at 225 Gulf Company, 4th Marines here in New Jersey. At the same time, I was accepted into a private military school for Norwich University. It's the birthplace of ROTC, located in Northfield, Vermont. And so I did my schooling there where I got my bachelor's in history. And during that time when I was going uh, through college, I deployed to Norway, Mongolia, and Iraq from 2008, 2009. And then 2011, everything came to a halt because I graduated out of uh, college. And also I got out of the Marine Corps and in 2011. So it really was a big transition because it was just coming off from military back to the civilian world. So that's kind of like a, a quick snapshot of, 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 of my journey. No, sounds good. So you have not always been the smoking panda. <laughs> you were a beast in college. I did not know you played rugby. Yeah, uh, so I played Division One rugby. Got to got to play against like schools like West Point, and Dartmouth. Uh, we did we did have to come to D two during my junior year. But I got to travel to Ireland. Uh, it, it was fantastic. I got to play for New York City. 
Um, so it was, it was a great experience. You know, I'm a football player by trade, but rugby was such an amazing sport to me. And yeah, I got to play that for several years. I don't play that much anymore. Uh, you know, things of being in the military, you know, something with your back and your, your shoulders and your knees kind of give up. And I kind of want to use those for the next, you know, hopefully 20, 30 plus years. Uh, so yeah, I had to stop. <laughs> so where were you raised? I mean, were you raised in New Jersey, born and bred? You know, what high school did you go to and what sports and clubs did you join? No, absolutely. Uh, so I was born and raised in Belleville, New Jersey. I was pretty, pretty much like all my life. I think I moved out for maybe like half a year, but I came back to Belleville. Um, so I was born in Claremont, like everything Belleville, right? Um, so a lot of the things, uh, fun fact, I couldn't really play football uh, in third grade because I was too big. I guess there was a called weight limit. So I did take up an instrument. So I played the alto saxophone from third grade all the way up to high school in 12th grade. Um, so I did things like, you know, I was in the band, so I had to play in the jazz band, the orchestra, and choir, little small things like that. But then also, I enjoyed sports. Like, I, I, I did wrestling, I did football, track, uh, shot put, like I wasn't a sprinter or anything, um, a crew for, for a time being. Um, so, and being a part of the National Honor Society. So not only in my academics, but also in the sports and music. It, it was great. You know, I got, I think that's kind of like ties up a lot of when we meet people in the military, different walks of life, when you got, you know, the music kids with the athletes and with the jocks, then also with kind of like the kids that excel in, in their studies, you know, I had friends in different areas, which was always fun. Cause I, then I got different perspectives from other people. Now you had an option of multiple different branches of the military. What made you, what influenced you to join the Marines over any other branch? Yeah, you're going to make me do this on the, on the, on the United States Army birthday? Oh, I am. <laughs> you know, and it's okay. We're all brothers, you know. That's true. We talk a lot between each other, but hey, <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's all right. No, you know what? Uh, growing up, especially young, I, I did extracurricular activities like Boy Scouts and outdoor things. I really enjoyed that. I knew when I was really young that I really wanted to join the military. You know, I played with the toy soldiers, with the, you know, played, you know, played soldier or played like capture the flag. I really enjoyed those things. And you can see it in my sports. I always enjoyed playing with a team and, and being part of something bigger than myself, right? Going, going through that team goal. And uh, at that time, I've actually wanted to, you know, go to West Point. I wanted to join the Army. Uh, I, you know, it was really big for me because I really enjoyed the enriched history. And that's why I took history in college, because I, I, I just enjoyed history and learning about the Army was a big thing. Uh, until one day, uh, a good friend of mine, you know, Mr. Longo, uh, he, was a, he is a Marine, right? He got out uh, quite a bad thing back in the 80s or 90s. Um, I remember it was in marching band. We were doing a, a, a parade and he knew I wanted to join the army, but I never knew anything about the Marines per se. But I remember he took me to a tent after the parade. It was St. Anthony's parade here in Belleville, big Italian festival. And he took me to a tent and it was the, it was the morning Marine Corps leaguers. And they were a bunch of, you know, Vietnam guys. And, you know, he's like, hey, brothers, I got this guy, you know, this young cat. He wants to join uh, the army. And they were busting my chops a little bit. And I was just like, I started laughing. I was with them. They were cool guys. But then they started talking about the Marine Corps. And I was just like, wow. I probably had like a probably like a 10, 15, maybe 20 minute conversation with them. And then I remember walking back up to the steps and I told Mr. Longo, I was like, 
you know what? I want to join the Marine Corps because it just really sold me. And then um, since then, I've I've always wanted to become a Marine, and that and you know made it happen three days after I graduated high school. And that's amazing. You know, I, I applaud anybody who takes that leap to serve. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I never thought about joining the military as a whole. The branch that I would never join was the Marine Corps because I grew up as a Marine kid. My dad was in the Marines and mm. I, I saw everything they dealt with. I seen the stuff he dealt with. And when I made that choice, that was the one branch that I wouldn't go towards. And, the, you know, for the listeners out there that are hearing, he said, you know, the gentleman is still a Marine. One thing that the Marines have a little loose in their head is they they feel that once they're a Marine, they're always a Marine. You know, even though the the smoking panda here is way too big to be a Marine now. <laughs> wears up and down, he's still a Marine, which hey, I applaud that. You, you know what's funny? I, I got the I got the nickname Panda from playing rugby. Really? But yeah. So then, you know, when I started going into the cigar industry and started smoking, they started calling me the smoking panda. But yeah, they called me panda because obviously I'm Asian. So and an Asian bear, even though panda bears are cute they're still bears like you know they're still ferocious uh even though they're like vegetarian as well they're still bears <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm not a vegetarian uh i am a big guy and i am asian so panda panda was like kind of like the big thing when they called um, me and I, I feel that's amazing so what were the qualifications to get into norwich college uh, so to going through Norwich, you know, you did have to do a small PFT. You have to do, obviously, send in your grades. Um, and I actually went up there. And you know, the reason why I went there is because my cousin, um, he was going there at the time. I remember I went into, so by that time, I wanted to do the academies, but my academics weren't as as strong as I thought it would be. So I remember my cousin coming up to me. We were at a family party. I looked up to him, you know, and he he just did so many things. He's like a one man show. Like he was cooking. Like at that, that's why I love cooking now because of him. He was cooking for the family and everything. And he was telling me, he was like, "Hey, where do you want to go to college? Have you been looking?" Well, I was like, I, "Well, I want to join the Marine Corps. I'm also thinking about going to the academies." And he goes, "You ever heard of Norwich University?" He goes, "I, I, I go, I, I have not." So he was attending there at the time, and uh, I went up there for like an overnight, and I just really enjoyed it. So that was 10 years, 10 plus years ago. So during that time, him and I are both serve on the board of directors for Norwich University. I served as the alumni, uh, scrum alumni president for the rugby team and just had a, a great influence for a lot of the, for the young guys and gals that went through our program playing rugby and going through our school and, and being part of the board. So it's just that small instance of where, hey, you know, you go, take one, one path and then you just affect everyone else uh, because of it. So it's, it's been quite a journey, but yeah, him and I serve on the board, which is funny uh, because we're, you know, we're like family members, but it's kind of nice to have my cousin on the board as well. Nice. Now, Norwich college, they, um, they're a private military school, right? Yep. That's correct. Okay. Now can any branch of the military attend that school or is it just set for the, the um, Navy and Marines? No, every every branch, you know, and what I love about that school, you got all branches, right? So when you go in PT, like on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at the time, it might be like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, or something. Uh, you could see everyone wearing their different PT gear. So obviously, you'll see the Navy in the blue, 
Uh, you'll have the Air Force in their grays, the Army in their greens, the Marine Corps in their greens. And when we all come back to the chow hall, you could see all the students that had different. Of course, not for nothing, you'd see the Army and the Marines always dirty, always sweaty. They, you know, because what happens is they get these students or cadets ready for our um, for o OCS. So they're either running, going to the mud, doing some, uh, you know, McMap or something like that. And then you see like the Air Force, Navy, uh, the Coast Guard, that it's, sometimes they might be there. Um, and they're nice and clean. <laughs> so it's, you can really see. And, and if you're watching and, and you're, you're a vet, you understand because there's different cultures within each branch. But if you haven't, you can definitely see the different cultures <laughs> in each branch. <laughs> now, when you were serving in Norwich College, did you already enlist in the Marine Corps? Or did you do that first? I saw I enlisted in the Marine Corps first. Okay. Yep. But the fun part was uh, when I went came back from infantry school, I did have to go uh, as freshmen. It's just like you do in any academy or the Coast Guard Academy. You have to go through your first year and you have to go through this like kind of like mini boot camp. And we call it Brook Week. And I remember coming in fresh out of infantry school. And I was like, so do I just go into the Corps of Cadets? Like, no, you have to go do like Rook Week and stuff. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> so, like, I can't cut through. <laughs> like, literally went through one of the hardest like boot camps <laughs> out of all the branches. Not really, you know? Oh, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was like, now you have to go through it. So I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> right after boot camp and everything, you had to go and yeah you're like i'm already in i'm already yeah. why do i have to do this <laughs> but you know what i applaud you know because we had to have cadre right like usually the juniors in the in the in the corps of cadets uh i applaud them because you know they dealt with uh you know they dealt with uh everyone but they you know they treated me as though i was not like a marine which is great you know they treated me as an equal you know i got in trouble for doing stupid stuff or whatever but, you know, I, I applaud them because they, they didn't give me any type of kind of like leeway. The only time they did was on Tuesday nights because we have something called Mill Lab. And that's when you go to your, your ROTC and it would be and you in the Army. You're either doing land nav or you're doing a hump or you're doing PT. So at that time, I could wear my, my digis or my camis. And then I wouldn't fall under the jurisdiction of the Corps of Cadets. Then I could do not whatever I want, but I can, I can walk around. I could talk outside as a freshman during Tuesday. So, you know, I was a bit of a jokester. So it was good times. Had a little bit of more leadway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cause then I'm not under Corps of Cadets, but then once I took it off, then they're like, okay, you're back in. So. Right. So when you ended up doing your deployments, was that, that was after you graduated, right? That was, that was during college. So that was during college. Okay. So because usually when you're in college, you won't deploy with the reserves or anything because you're serving, you know, you're doing ROTC in college and you're deploying. So what type of damper did that give you for your college? You know what, Jay? Uh, I'm very fortunate. My professors were like, so for things like Mongolia and Norway, I had to take like probably like three or four weeks off. My professors were like pretty cool with it. You know, they'd be like, because they're, they're technically part of the Vermont National Guard or militia, as they say. And so what happens is, you know, I'll give them my orders and they would say, okay, these on, you know, uh, instead of being uh, an average of four tests, you'll just miss one and you'll have an average of three tests. And then whenever, whenever you come back, we'll catch you back up. 
I so I once again applaud to my professors. They didn't give me crap or anything about it. They were just like, hey, listen, do what you need to do. This is your obligation. Uh, when you get back, we'll take care of you. And then if if we need to kind of like, you know, whatever the grade or they'll work with me, then that'll be fine. But then when I deployed to Iraq, uh, I did have to take a year off uh, from school. And the school was totally fine with it. I mean, our school is known to have, because a lot of the cadets joined the Vermont National Guard. And we have like a, a pretty long tradition of sending guys over. So it's not anything different when we have to take a year off. It's just part of who we are and what we do. And it was probably a lot easier since it was a military school. They knew what you were ha- you had to do. So they were more understanding than if you were going to, you know, Rutgers or right. Post University or, or any other school that's like, we don't, we don't, we don't condone that. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. But yeah, that was just, you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that I had professors and a school, but you know, that's, that's what we're made out of. Like, and that's why school was created to create um, citizen soldiers yeah. from people going to school in their community and they get called to go to war or are called upon by their country to defend. Right. That's, that's, that's why we're there. So. I want to um, talk about your deployments. I want to start off with Norway with Norway. What was it like? Cold, cold, super cold. <laughs> I, I have never. So I was acclimated to the cold. I am very fortunate that I went to school. I was going to school in Vermont. I knew my body, um, you know, nights. There's not a lot of things to do in Vermont when it's cold, you know, bonfires going out like I like cold is cold. So when I deployed with my unit from New Jersey, I had an advantage because I was very acclimated. I knew my body. I knew my temperature. So for me, deploying to the cold, I mean, even though it was it was very cold, I knew how my body worked. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the guys that were not used to the cold, you know, kind of just kind of like just staying inside, getting thrown into an environment where, man, like your your water freezes like quickly, like it's and you're in like knee deep of snow. You're wearing the snow boots, but all those things is what I did up in Norwich, and uh, so. What? How can I describe Norway? It was quite an experience. Uh, we were training with the Norwegian Navy and the German Air Force, and we had a couple of British Royal Marines there. So I'm I'm always fascinated to see the other branches from around the world. And you know, as Marines, we have a kind of like a close history with the British Royal Marines. And the great thing is, I was going up topside, and uh, they were passing a rugby ball around. So going back to rugby, uh, you know, I, they tossed it to me. I was like, hey, I play at the States. Do you mind if I get in? And we're just tossing the ball and we're just chit-chatting. But that's kind of like, you know, the, the I guess, the warrior from around the world where you get to connect with other people. So that, that, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I would say really, really cold. I will. That's why if I'm ever cold, I will never be that cold ever again. i'll tell all the listeners in the military if you have never served or you haven't um, been in the military not all of our deployments are combat deployments we have a lot of deployments where we go to our ally nations and we train with their soldiers um they teach us we teach them and we come together to understand how we can work together so Norwegian was um, one of those for Joey Mack. And was Mongolia the type, same type of deployment? Yes, yeah, so Mongolia, another type of, I mean, when are you going to Mongolia, right? 
Um, <laughs> so Mongolia, but we had about, I think, seven or eight different nations. It was, And so exactly what you're saying, Jay, it's kind of like when we're deploying with our allies, we're training, it's kind of like a NATO based mission where we're just trying to do some peacekeeping mission or whatever. And uh, working with those other nations, it puts in perspective, uh, you know, there's one thing that I'll always remember. I remember we got to the camp and, you know, it, you know, these, these, these other nations, and, you know, they're coming from other countries that are not as developed as, as we are, like countries like Sri Lanka, Cambodia, Indonesia, and they, they see us come onto the camp. And I remember it was the Sri Lankans. They they just immediately ran to us with their cameras and started taking pictures with us, because you know when you even though we're you know Marines in the United States uh, from different parts of the other world when uh, especially when Iraq was going on um, and things were going on around that time they they see us as like you know like the warriors from from the United States so it was a pretty cool perspective you know they came up to us and they were just like wow like touching our uniforms and just being like wow I, I got to take a picture with the United States Marine and it was a pretty it was a pretty cool I know I'm not trying to blow smoke off but uh but it was pretty cool you know I had a good time same thing I'm uh they had the uh the Tungans there they're they're world Tungans they're still a king nation and uh, they were playing rugby in the field and going back to rugby. I played with them on the field and had a good time. So you go. So when it came to the Marines, a lot of people knew the Marine Corps because of their uniform. And, you know, a lot of people that I talked to when I served as a recruiter for the Army, they would tell me they wanted to join the Marines and I'd ask them why. And they say, because their uniform is so sharp and I love it. So I would say, OK, you know, that's your decision. So I understand why they wanted to take pictures with you so much. You guys look so sharp in your uniforms. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. Sharp in yeah. your uniform and actually doing work in your uniform. I understand it's two different <laughs> things, but you know it's okay. It's <laughs> about <laughs> <That> perspective, right? <laughs> no, so it, it it's you know amazing because I've done the same thing when I went over to foreign countries and everything. You know, taking pictures with the locals there you know when it comes to the united states military we're considered the best in the world so when we travel to these different countries they want to be around us yes 100 I, I understand that and then we come to your deployment to iraq in 2008 and 2009 were you still in school at that point too or yep Still in school. God. Yeah. <laughs> you had to take the whole year off because you were there. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's just one of those things. And not just myself, but thousands of other veterans before me and after came back and just went right back into school. <laughs> it happened in some veterans went to yeah. school while they were in Iraq. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember a lot of, you know, soldiers over in the computer room, you know, doing homework while they're in Iraq, getting that college education. So no matter where you go or what you do, the only thing that holds you back is yourself. Absolutely. Totally agree. So what part of Iraq did you serve in being a rifleman in the Marine Corps? So we, we were at um, AOS. So we were in Camp uh, Al-Assad. A little bit for like maybe like a couple of weeks 
I got pushed out to Korean Village, and then I got pushed out to a fob called Akashat. And from then there, that's where we probably had like 140, 150 Marines. We were about like 50, 60 miles away from the Syrian border, to give perspective. And we were had to babysit pretty much two towns and conduct patrols around that area. Wow. So while you were there doing your patrols, you know, what would you say the most traumatic experience you had in Iraq was? Something that was really, really crazy, you know, because we were there in 08, 09. You know, a lot of the big push was around the 04, 05, 06, especially when we hear Marines fighting in the Battle of Fallujah. And uh, when you start hearing, yeah, when you start hearing things about Ramadi, Fallujah, you know, the, uh, the triangle, the death triangle, right? It's kind of like, wow, this is, this is surreal, right? You're, you're at, at the pit, you know, and myself and a lot of the other Marines, you know, it was, especially when IEDs, and for those who don't know what IEDs are, they're improvised explosive devices, basically like bombs, right? Car bombs, suicide vests. And you never knew when it was kind of like your last day, even though we kind of, there was always things around the camp that said like complacency kills. I think just doing that on, on a daily basis or doing it every so often where you, you're just going down a road, the same road every time, but you just don't know if something got planted in, right? And especially during those times, I mean, Jay, you probably remember videos were coming out on YouTube, like a lot of just, you know, the music and just seeing our brothers and sisters getting blown up or shot up like, like yeah. easy. So I, I just remember it was during around the, um, the, the voting time where we had to do patrols between two to three times a day. And, um, you know, it's kind of like when you had to do nighttime and we just get reports of, 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 you know, there's going to be insurgents around the area or be careful of IEDs and VBIDs and all that stuff. I mean, that, those are things, even though we're very lucky that like all of us came home alive, imagine having to do that 24 seven or just going on patrol and just don't knowing if it's yet to be on your game, always on your game and being, you know, if, if this is my last day or not, and that takes a toll uh, on, on veterans. So, you know, that, that would say just the whole deployment was pretty much it. Trust me. I know exactly what you're saying. 